This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man, Cody. And we got week four in the books. How was your weekend this week, my man? One of the best football weekends that I had not actually watched that much football to, but I was able to go to an NFL football game at NRG Stadium, see my Houston Texans play for the first time this year, see CJ Stroud in action. So I wasn't able to watch most of the 12 o'clock slate games, but was able to watch CJ Stroud beat the dog piss out of the Steelers, and it was a damn good time there. J.J. Watt got his induction into the Hall of Fame as well, showed up there at 8 a.m., was watching the London game from the parking lot. Man, it was a, it was a really good football weekend. Uh, A&M won as well, so like e- everything that could have gone right this weekend went right this weekend. Happy to hear that, man. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great time. And then you got you you, you lucked into some box seats for uh, for for A and M uh, and Bama this upcoming weekend. So you're having a nice like seven to eight days of, of football watching experience. So awesome stuff, man. Like that's that's got to be exciting for you next this upcoming weekend too. Literally the best eight days of football that I will probably <laughs> ever experience in my life. And hey, that second ticket is open. I already told Chase if he would fly down here and he would be able to get. <laughs> One of those tickets, but he can't. So maybe it'll go up on the uh, maybe it'll go up on like the auction bid market, and we'll just take the highest bidder with me to whoever goes. You know, like reach out to me on X. Maybe you know you throw me a couple. No, destination heavy giveaway. I don't know. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, we're bringing one of the friends from College Station. I've got enough cool. those boys that'll still go to that. But it'll be a it'll be it'll be an incredible time. Hopefully, we can beat the hell out of Bama whenever we get up there this weekend. Absolutely. So let's get into, you know, the, the week four recap now that that is in the books. Um, you know, obviously the, this is being recorded now Tuesday, very early in the morning for, for both of us, uh, very long night, but again, the football slates in the books, we were able to, to, you know, kind of process everything, break everything down. And we really wanted to just kind of jump into to some of the games that kind of recapping the games really and, and really what stood out to us and i'm just going to start with thursday night man and just kind of the biggest thing that that really impacted me is this jameer gibbs david montgomery dynamic and you know david montgomery had 32 carries on the ground 121 yards three touchdowns and this is coming off of an injury he he looks like you know what we thought in the preseason right like david montgomery is going to be a newer and improved jamal williams and boy oh boy is he ever and jameer gibbs looks like deandre swift <laughs> like I, I mean i, I mean, i'm kind of not surprised but at the same time like it's not really what everyone expected like we expected a little bit more out of jameer gibbs for right or wrong so so i never expected jameer gibbs to be a between the tackles grinder what i expected jameer gibbs to be was to be used as a weapon like Bijan is used as a weapon in this atlanta falcons offense he's not being used as that currently monty is just he's the he's the running back one by a large majority here um i mean like you said 32 for 121 and three like 
that that's yeah. that's an incredible that's an incredible split compared to what we're seeing for Jameer Gibbs right now. The only thing that actually like truthfully vaulted Jameer Gibbs up into this running back two overall role was because we thought that he was going to be more than a running back and he was going to be used as a wide receiver be actually split out be actually used as as a guy that was going to get probably five to six seven targets a game but you weren't even seeing that and now we have jameson williams coming back who's going to take away more targets from him as well like what what is the future role here does he still have to grow into that future role is four games not enough I don't know what it is, but what it, what his role is certainly not is grinding between the tackles. That is David Montgomery's role. He is much better at it, and he's going to continue to do that for as long as he is on the Detroit Lions. So you, you just need to have a different role for Jameer Gibbs to evolve into, and I just don't know if that's there right now. Uh, I, I don't think he deserves to be the running back three overall in Dynasty like he's currently represented as in Keep Trade Cut. Yeah, I think uh, the 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 big thing for Gibbs right now, you know, is we all anticipated this pass catching work, and this was actually a conversation that we had a little bit in Heisman chat earlier today. Is why we anticipated this, and we we had this hope that Jameer Gibbs would be a healthy version of DeAndre Swift, and we think that Jameer Gibbs is a better pass catching weapon than DeAndre Swift. So by those logical explanations. He should get you know the same kind of workload that Swift got in the same role, and maybe have a few you know t- additional targets a game. And he had nine targets a couple games ago. He had five this this current week, but he also had two games with just two targets. And what he's actually doing with those targets isn't great. Like he had the seven catches for thirty three yards uh, in week two, and, and this week he had I believe he had four catches, and then it's only eleven yards. So again, not great. And when you have Ben Johnson, who we all think is a, a very good offensive mind, it's kind of it's tough to really think, you know, process why they can't figure out how to use Jameer Gibbs to the best of their ability. And I really don't have an answer for that, but I, I don't think it's going to be a simple solution either. I don't, I don't think anything's truly going to change all that much for the rest of the season. The, the the thing is that David Montgomery is a good NFL running back. Like that's yeah. that's all that it comes down to is like, yeah, the splits between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, whenever they were healthy, were pretty decent for DeAndre Swift. David Montgomery is a better NFL running back than Jamal Williams. Like at the end of the day, I know he scored 13 touchdowns last year, but he scored like 18 of those on 13 touchdowns from the one yard line. Like that, that's just what he did. He wasn't actually incredibly efficient he was grinding yards last year david montgomery is a good third down back he's a good grinder between the tackles and it's to the defect of jameer gibbs right now he's going to be an outside zone runner and he's going to be a pass catching receiving option other than that like this is the this is the same type of fear that i had with james cook last year will he eventually be I, i think he can still easily be a high-end running back two, kind of bordering on that running back one status if he does get the efficiency and he does get the touches that he kind of deserves like look he's better in some situations than dave montgomery is but like he he's just not better in every situation and dave montgomery is going to get a lot of those touches over him every single time and one of the things that nick was talking about too you know as a detroit fan like he you know kind of tapped into to some of that and even watching some of the games you you started to notice like jameer gibbs isn't the best at picking up a 
you know, a pass rush. He's not, he's not that great at picking up a blitz yet. And I don't know if that's ever going to be his game. You know, he's not a huge running back, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's a key part of being a pass catching weapon or a pass catching back on third downs is being able to, to actually have to take some of those blocks on. That's why Kyron Williams is in on a hundred percent of the running back snaps that you see, because he can, he can do it all. You know, you know, he may not be elite as a running back, but he can, uh, keep his quarterback safe and that is a, a huge part of it so um don't kiss don't discount ronnie rivers he got like 50 uh, yeah, snaps yeah. this week this week yeah this week you're right this week but typically you don't see a hundred percent snap share from running back and kyron did that last week so yeah uh, just to, to wrap up the third you know the thursday slate really the only other thing i really wanted to kind of highlight you know yes uh Christian Watson is back. You know, Romeo Dobbs had a, had himself a game, but but Jordan Love, if you haven't noticed, he it hasn't been great in like terms of like NFL play and and when you're looking at PFF passer ratings, he's been okay, but he's QB four on points per game for fantasy this year, and I feel like it's being totally you know we need to dive into the quarterback landscape, man. It is it is kind of wild, but um. What are your thoughts on Jordan Love? Are you are you actively out trying to acquire him? Um, is he just kind of like? Do you think this he's going to eventually regress back to the mean of what we think Jordan Love could be or should be? Yeah, I mean we'll we'll dive into it on a later episode where we have more time and it's not four a.m. But um, it's, what, what's your <laughs> what's your thing on what's your thing on players? Is it hashtag unsustainable? Jordan Love <laughs> has been hashtag unsustainable for the first three weeks and we saw it regressing this week um he's a he's an average nfl quarterback is he quarterback four no he will not be quarterback four by the end of the season i would say he lands somewhere between quarterback 12 to quarterback 18 he's a he's a quarterback two with some upside if he gets the right matchup he's gotten the right matchups in the first three weeks we saw it not come to fruition in this week and i'd expect a lot more of this in the future yeah, I mean, he did, you know, face finally faced the Detroit defense that that played him pretty well. He actually kind of got, you know, stifled against Atlanta. They they played him pretty tough as well, except he ended up getting the three touchdown passes that which overcame the fact that he was fourteen for twenty five and one hundred and fifty one yards. Um, he's so been incredibly think- efficient. I think he's thrown a touchdown <laughs> on like what like twenty. 20- eight percent of all of his passes in the nfl over the first three weeks like that's just not sustain like oh sorry not sustainable hashtag not sustainable is there it is terminology (laughs) yeah no i mean and and he has two rushing touchdowns you know one in each of the past two weeks so yeah those types of things are going to 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 regress uh back to the mean and you know i I do think he's going to be average he's going to have his ups and down games but right now he's had a you know qb3 week qb16 qb6 qb12 like he's in the mix and he can have those high upside games it seems like so um yeah i I do think he's better than we anticipated but i do think that qb4 for points per game uh is probably hashtag not sustainable so (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, if you have Jordan Love and people are valuing him pretty highly, like if you can capitalize on that, I would definitely explore some of that, you know, what that trade market is. But I do think that uh, he's going to be a tough one currently to try and to try and capitalize on after what week he had. So, all right, we're moving over to London. Got to move to London here real quick. Uh, not a whole lot that I want to touch on in this game. You know, I, I, I want to start off with with the Jacksonville Jaguars and and really what happened in this past game. I saw a lot of a lot of noise of, of Christian Kirk. He's the number one. He's you know he, look at that. He's finally finally back. He got twelve targets. Ridley only had two. Ingram Ingram had eight. Like Ridley's just not that guy. And and 
I think you're going to see see games like this for for both Christian Kirk and for Calvin Ridley. And, and let's not forget that, you know, AJ Terrell was shadowing Calvin Ridley the entire game. He did make up for it, or at least he made his fantasy week by at least having a, a nice touchdown catch. Uh, so that did save his fantasy week. But in the end, this was a Christian Kirk week. He had 12 targets, I believe eight catches and like 80 something yards. Uh, so he seemed like he got back in the mix with Zay Jones out. We'll see how that dynamic does continue to go throughout the the season with uh, with Zay Jones eventually coming back. What are you? I, mean, I know you're a Kirk believer, Kirk fan, being an AM guy. But like, what are you doing with Christian Kirk right now for fantasy purposes? I bailed. I bailed on Kirk week one after (laughs) uh, you you can go back to week one of this show. I bailed on Kirk after Calvin Ridley came out there and put up that dominant performance. But I I think that that's kind of just what the NFL has done as well. I mean, you were talking earlier before we were in pre-show and it was AJ Terrell was just covering uh, He was just covering Calvin Ridley the entire game and just shadowing him. Um, I, I think that it's just been a it's just been a thing of the NFL defenses have seen that Calvin Ridley is probably the one of this offense. Christian Kirk has dominated because of that. Do they switch now and do teams try to focus a little bit more on Calvin Ridley that probably opens up a little bit, or do they try to focus a little bit more on Christian Kirk probably opens up a little bit more for Calvin Ridley. I think this is just kind of one of those offenses now that's going to go a little bit back and forth between Trevor Lawrence, as we've seen, I mean, he might just not be one of these top six, seven dynasty quarterbacks that we thought he was going to be. I don't know if he can continuously sustain all of Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and Evan Ingram all at the same time. It just doesn't seem like this passing offense can do that. And so it may just be a little bit of boom bust, kind of like a Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in the Tampa Bay offense that we've seen over the past couple of years where one of them does really well. And the other one probably suffers that week because of it. So I think it's just a little bit of that. I I'm still not bailing on Calvin Ridley being the one of this offense, but it's nice to see Christian Kirk also providing the same value that we were investing into him before the season started as well. Yeah. I mean, I I do like Christian Kirk for the fact, like for best ball purposes, uh, I just don't want to start the guy. I think that's my, my struggle with Christian Kirk is you're, you're going to put him in your lineup and you're going to plug him in. You're going to play him. And you're going to hope he's going to get those 12 targets. If he does, you, you know, you're going to have a good enough fantasy week that you're going to have, you know, double digit PPR points per game and you should be fine. Hopefully he gets a touchdown and you have yourself a nice week. However, however, if that doesn't happen. If, if, if Zay Jones is back and they do have, you know, some even target distribution across the board and Calvin Ridley or, you know, Calvin Ridley has his eight to 10 targets and Kirk only gets six. I just don't want that in my lineup. I don't want to have to plug that in. So, uh, you know, if I can capitalize on this week um, and, and take this this Kirk performance and and run with it, like maybe I can add a second to him and get an upgrade. Like that would be something I'm I'd be willing to 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 pursue, uh, just because I think the consistency is going to be a tough thing for him. But still love the player. Still think he's going to be, to have some very very good weeks in this offense. Um, but again. They, they have some very, you know, even target distribution across the board or, or it varies week to week, right? Like who's open, who's, who's beating their matchup and T-Law will, will find or is supposed to find who's open. I, I totally get the week to week variance on them, but like, who would you rather start Christian Kirk or Terry McLaurin? Yeah. I mean, but again, you're talking about a one for one swap. Like, can, can I add a second? Can I, it's, I, I mean, can I go get Brandon? Obviously right I'd now? love to, I'd love to take the tier up. I'd love yeah. to tear up, but a lot of people are savvy enough to understand what that is right now. Like, I, sure. 
it's just a much more it's just a much smarter dynasty market that we're playing in right now and i don't think i can get that done like i've tried putting a second on top of christian kirk deandre hopkins chris godwin to just try to get up to like puka nakua i can't get that done and I, I don't even know if i could get a first on top of it and get it done it's it's a it's a rough <laughs> dynasty street right now just try to up tier because i think everybody's become a little bit smarter and like hey whenever you're in start 10 or less like there isn't anything else you'd rather do than just take the yeah. up tier like the down tier, like yeah, obviously you get you get the future capital on top of it, and it's a little bit more liquid. But what does it matter for me right now? Whenever the other guys just isn't producing week over week, the same. You are not wrong there. I would I do want to touch on one thing with the Atlanta Falcons here. Um, Desmond Ritter's bad, okay, and okay. It, it was not pretty, not a pretty performance for him. I believe he was nineteen for thirty one, hundred ninety one yards, a touchdown, two picks. I mean, he seems to like the guys that just aren't superstars. You know, we we think Kyle Pitts is, we think Drake London can be, but for whatever reason, Jonu Smith is his guy, and it seems like Jonu Smith is the tight end you want to be owning and want to be starting in fantasy. If you if you went out with a zero tight end strategy this year, you are very very happy. If you if you listen to Destination Dynasty and what Scott was talking about this week, a uh, very good episode and so true. Uh, if you went zero tight ends and just kind of backfield with the hunter henry's the johnny smith's like you're very very happy this year and and smith had what six catches 95 yards this past week it seems like uh, him and arthur smith just have a thing for each other and for whatever reason he's just going to keep uh producing in this offense yeah if you want more um Arthur Smith and John New Smith love connection. Check out the Dynasty Waiver Wire report that's also coming out today, and you'll see more about it there. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to disclose any more information on this show. I've already written about it. Go check out that article and see why John New Smith is the tight end one for the rest of the year on this team. Absolutely love it. So uh, let's get into what was probably like anticipated as the game of the week. We had the AFC East showdown between the Bills and the Dolphins and, you know, two high powered offenses. But but one of those defenses was or is better than the other. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately for Tredavious White, uh, it sounds like the Achilles yeah. injury and it was confirmed. Um, and, and that is uh, a blow to that defense. But they still played well, still managed to. Uh, to hold off this potent Miami offense, there was one player that they weren't really able to to lock up and and figure out an answer for, and that is, uh, you know, just let's just keep the theme of the week going for for guys that you're just uh, in the corner for, and that's your A and M guy, Devon. I guess A Chan. No, he's his name is still A Chan. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, I will go by his Texas A and M name, which it was pronounced A Chan the entire time that he was at Texas A and M. So I'm going to keep that, but I I do I, I love I love that he feels good enough about himself and his performance in the NFL that he can just be like, nah, I'm I'm not even I'm not even known by that past name. I'm known I'm now known as A Chan. Good for you. You're still an A&M guy in my heart, though, so you're still A Chan to me. But he has performed out so well over the last two weeks. I mean, they, they said they were going to give him more of a role. He deserved more of a role after that performance last week where he rushed for over 200 yards and had four touchdowns and some receiving. I mean, just insane performance against the worst in the NFL, Denver Broncos defense. But he went out there and did it against the Buffalo Bills defense as well, which is one of the better defenses in the league too. And so now the question is just where does he rank in – 
NFL dynasty terms? Where where does this running back who has shown us so much within a two week sample size, who is undersized, who has put everybody's te- who has put everybody's evaluation skills to the test, where does he rank within NFL rankings in terms of dynasty for you? He he's a really tough one for me. I mean, he he really really is. You know, he he did rip off a fifty five yarder this week, but he only had eight carries. Um, and then he did have five targets in the air. So that was that was nice to see as well. Getting involved in the passing game, he did corral three catches for 19 yards, but he did add another two touchdowns. So for fantasy purposes, that's all we're looking for is, is that that involvement there. Um, and then when you're looking at in terms of like the, the team's rush attempts, they had 19 rush attempts. So he had uh, just under 50 percent of those rush attempts where he Mostert had seven carries for nine yards so again another reason for a chain or a chan to uh continue to have and and really carve out a, a legitimate role in this offense we had you know th- some of the conversation has been you know what is he worth and uh there, there, there are some there's some there's some crazy stuff going on just because of the touchdown performances right like He's got what is it? Six touchdowns now in two games. Like that's that's incredible. That's incredible stuff. I just don't. I just don't know if I can put him up there with like the the Bijan Robinsons, the the CMCs. Is he producing like that? Yes, he absolutely is. Um, is Honestly, it sustainable? Is yes. Yeah, is that sustainable? Is it, you know, can we count on him? Like if, if there's anyone I want to bet on, it's him because of, of who, what kind of offense he's in like this, this team will find a way to get him in space and, and create efficient plays for him. But I just have a tough time accepting 12 yards of carry as being like the norm in the NFL. So I do think he's very good. I think he's absolutely worth a first, uh, but I have a feeling like if you go out and try to buy him, um, I, I've tried in a few places and I've gotten the the response that like, he's my dynasty running back of the future. And, and I'm just like, okay, like let's not forget. He's still a running back. And uh, while he is doing really well, hope for the best and hopefully everything does continue on for his success. But where, where are you at with your A&M guy? Like, how are you handling the situation? So he's currently sandwiched in between Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler at RB10 and KTC. Um, I think that that's decently appropriate. I'd probably move him back under Austin Eckler. I'd probably move him back under Josh Jacobs, and I'd list him at RB13 over DeAndre Swift. It's probably where I'd put him in right now is like RB13. It's just a, such an interesting market with whenever you talk about running backs in this current climate of the dynasty landscape that we're talking about right now, because literally outside of Bijan and let me go up to the top. Uh, no, literally, it's just Bijan outside of Bijan. What running back holds value outside of what he's currently producing for you this year? Because CMC is our RB2 right now. In terms of KTC, Jameer Gibbs is somehow RB3. I honestly don't know how he's still up there with the lackluster performances that he has provided for us over the first four weeks. Because legitimately, it's it's only what, what are you providing me right now as RB? The only running backs that actually have any intrinsic value from this year and beyond are freshmen and sophomore running backs in the NFL. Those are the only two that actually provide any intrinsic value past that because anybody who has an injury outside of that just goes by the wayside and we don't really care anymore. They could get drafted over. They could have another free agent added over them. They could anything 
anything. We saw Brees Hall just get Dalvin Cook added to his offense after one injury after his rookie year. I mean, there's there's nobody outside of Bijan that holds intrinsic value. So it's literally just what can you provide for me right now? And A-Chain's providing a lot of fantasy points for us right now. So yeah, he probably deserves to be in the top 15 of running backs. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think, you know, really when it comes down to, you talked about Gibbs being RB3. Like when you when you hear this list, like Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Devon Achan, uh, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Like, Can I trade <laughs> any of them and get a second on top of it? I'd trade any of them and get a second on top of it. It's such a weird landscape. And when you... And this is something that we broke down, like looking at like fantasy points per game this year. It is you got Zach Moss up there. You got you got, you know, uh, Alexander Madison in the top 10. You have, you know, obviously Iron Williams, Brian Robinson, Raheem Mostert. Like these these are the guys that are your your fantasy producers this year. D- David Montgomery. And, and and so it's like it's such a cluster at, at running back for for lack of a better word that like. Any given week, any running back that gets carries can be a top 10 running back that week. And, and that's what makes running back such a fluid position. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to harp on this too much because we are we do have a ton to still get into. But like, man, the, the running back landscape, the quarterback landscape um, have, have definitely changed a lot so far through four weeks. And I definitely want to do some some deep stat dives on some of this and kind of break this down further. But yes, for for really where I'm at with Devon Achan is like if I can if I can move my Jameer Gibbs for for Achan in a second, like I'm down, I'm down. Like I just don't know if you can get that done though. I think that's the problem is like there's really not that large of a separation. Someone did uh, post a post in Heisman that someone did get that exact deal done. Gibbs for Achan in a second. But like if I can pivot around that tier and like you said, get the second on top. I'm all for it. And if I'm getting off of Gibbs, who who I don't know is going to produce as a high, you know, a top 10 running back, then yeah, uh, see ya. We've we've talked about this flat tier of wide receivers for so long, and it, it was what started off for us in, in this dynasty, just process environment that we've currently gotten ourselves into. Running back has turned into it. Because Bijan, like I said, Bijan's the only one that I actually put intrinsic value into after this year. Just like churn, churn value within running back if you ever can. If you can just send off any of these running backs and get capital on top of it, why would you not? Whenever they go down so often, there's no no consistency week over week to any of these guys. It's just a barren landscape, and I hate it, but... This is what we're dealing with. This is what the NFL has been telling us. This is even what the college is leaning itself towards, which we've never seen before. Is college is even getting to these committee running back systems. And so if you see it even at that level, there, there's no way it's making it to the NFL game anymore. The one thing I will say about that, which is very interesting to me, is that that flat tier of wide receiver was always like, clear and defined wide receiver twos like you know the names of the dj moores the mclaurins the judy's like you know the names in that tier you know what they are like th- we're we are legitimately talking about running back two and three in dynasty all the way to all the way to 40 i mean like it, yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like, week to it's week running back wild. is week to week it is it is 
So yeah, we can. We, that's again another, another conversation for another time. But yeah, like a chain uh, pivots. Like if you have him and you're looking to to move, like obviously if you want to ride the points, you're in a best ball league. You don't have to start him. Great. Like, but yeah, like in the end, he's one I'm exploring the trades for because he's the hot name. You have to shop him. Don't don't go throw him on the trade block. Like everyone knows like what what's up then. But like yeah, people are interested take some offers go out there and send the offers out that you want and see if you can get your value on your h hand in your league so uh last thing on that game josh allen had 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 a qb1 performance like we we've we got to see the josh allen um that that we know and love as as dynasty you know quarterback one or two however you want to look at it and then of course uh stefan diggs uh an elite game wow. showing showcasing his ability he had three touchdowns uh an incredible you know I'd say just, you know, half-ass tackling really by the corners and the safety there. But, you know, very, very nice move. Uh, his little half spin out, making his uh, defenders collide and going off for a touchdown. Fun performance from them, though. Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill the rest of the year? Tyreek. Okay. Tyreek Hill. I'll take Diggs. I'll take Diggs. What is this week for? Um, okay, let's take notes. We will uh we will figure out we'll figure out something to go off of right here. So uh yeah, no, Tyree Kill for sure. Uh <laughs> I love Diggs though. He's such a good wide receiver. So do I, I mean, man. Like, yeah, like I, it, I, I don't think you can go wrong for like fantasy purposes. Like I, if you have either of them on your team or both on your team, you know, in Rumble, <laughs> uh you're very happy right now. So uh yeah. Like se- seriously, okay, like can we talk about this like Jamar Chase? Like he's a very, very good wide receiver. Yeah, but I mean, on Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson are all better wide receivers than Jamar Chase right now. And you know, let's I mean, we can kind of tie that into the to the the Bengals, you know, um, a little bit here as well. You know, it's a uh, it's very interesting this this Bengals team in general. When you have a, an injured Burrow trying to play through injury, you have um, you know now you have T Higgins injured his his rib injury the offense as a whole just looks kind of inept zach taylor doesn't seem to be adapting to really what's going on i'm very concerned for this cincinnati offense so like jamar chase is legitimately one that i i I am curious on what people are going to do because like if you have jamar chase on your team you expect and hoped for top five top six you know fantasy performer this year and I just don't think you're going to get that unless he's just going to get absolutely peppered with targets from here on out. Now, I, I'm 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 exploring some Jamar Chase trades in, in areas where I'm a win now team and I need those points. I'm absolutely exploring those win now you know moves with Jamar Chase. And and again, I might end up taking the the dynasty L on it for the fake for the sake of like dynasty value, quote unquote. But like. We talk about operating in short windows. Like if I'm a legitimate win now team, what can I do to move Jamar Chase and get a Devontae Adams, a Tyreek Hill, a Stephon Diggs? Like, do you go after a Cooper Cup or a Puka Nakua? Like, do you go after somebody like that? Like, where can you find a a 20 point per game performer and 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 potentially add some additional value to your team? So like what are you doing with Cincinnati? Like, I'm genuinely curious what your thoughts are on that. Am I out of my mind here for, for wanting to sell chase? 
Well, what you should have been doing with Jamar Chase before the season started was trading him for Justin Jefferson for anything oh on top of it because Justin Jefferson was a different tier of a wide receiver than Jamar Chase was. This was you know, something that was talked about by me for all of the time before the NFL season, and now it's looked like it's become pretty true. And I mean, obviously, there's a hindrance to his offense with Joe Burrow being kind of just laid up and sitting there as almost like a lame duck quarterback, uh, not in terms of just like actually being replaced, but he's just sitting back there and he's getting absolutely killed by a bad offensive line. He can't move around. The offense itself is just horrible. They don't seem like they can conform to anything that can actually make this offense work with the current circumstances that they're dealing with. Now T Higgins is out again. He's a perfect buy on a tanking team because I don't think he's going to be here in 2024. And so you buy him on a tanking team. You sell him on any contenders because he's not going to produce for the rest of the year. But yeah, Jamar, Jamar Chase, like he's probably not going to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. He's probably not going to be a top 12 fantasy wide receiver this year. Like that's just kind of the reality of the story. It's just kind of the reality about it. It's not as dire of a situation as like Garrett Wilson is, but it's almost as bad. Like it it is almost as bad. I still think he could be like top 24, but it is almost as bad with Jamar chase here right now. So if you need to, if you need the bailout, I mean, like I wouldn't go down to the ones you were saying, I'd still love to stick around the tier of the CD lamb, the, AJ Brown, the Amon Ross Brown. Brown. Can I go down to your hated guy of Chris Olave and get like two Yeesh. first because you don't value him as anything more than Yeesh. worth a third? Um, that's what I tried to do, but we'll, I mean, like that, that's more the tier that I try to go to. I don't want to try to get outside of that, what I consider an elite tier. Um, but man, I, if if I need the points this year, you got to be seeking for something because it ain't going to happen with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow right now as we currently see this offense operating. Yeah, I think these are guys that have some very high dynasty value when we're talking about Chase and even Joe Burrow. Um, but I'm shopping them. I, I, I Again, yeah, I don't like placing things on the block or placing players on the block and just saying like hoping for offers to come to me, but I am going to strategically pick out plays uh, for me to tier around burrow. If I need the points and I need to win, Um, I'm strategically looking at Jamar chase moves and seeing what I can do. So it's just figuring out what is the right move for that specific team. Sometimes you're just going to have to wait. Sometimes your team's in the middle. They have too much value. You're really not going to make that push. Like You need to truly assess your team and what's the right move for your team. I, I see way too many times people reach out and say, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm you know, a piece away, and they're really not. Like When, when you're starting you know, Brandon Cooks as, as one of your wide receivers right now, like you're probably not legitimately a piece away. Like That's probably not the case. So, um, again, making the right moves for those teams. But, yeah, like I'm shopping those Bengals, man. I'm shopping them all and seeing and seeing what i can do to to get some value i don't think you can do much with mixon but but higgins chase and burrow i think you can find some pivots that are going to give you some fantasy value because i don't i do think this is going to be a problem uh for most of the year i mean chase is still going to have some very good games let's not get things twisted like the dude's legit but we're looking for consistency and we're looking for like that that top six upside and that's just something i don't see right now so um yes anything else you want to touch on with these Bengals? Is the only thing that's wrong is Joe Burrow isn't healthy, or is there something more systematically wrong? I think it's it's a combination of everything. Like you know, Scott was I talking agree. about this in in Discord, with, talking about how 
it's like they they had a scheme and a system in place for like the perfect situation. If Burrow is mobile, if Burrow can move around the pocket, if the line can block a certain way, like they have something in place that can be very successful in the NFL. We've seen it. The problem is, is when it, when their O lines banged up, when Joe Burrow isn't as mobile because of his calf injury. Like, what adjustments are you making? And like, I've been a big Zach Taylor, you know, proponent. Uh, go Big Red. But uh, you know, I've I've always you know thought that he was a better NFL coach than people gave him credit for. However, he's just not adjusting, and there's just I just don't see it this year. Don't know if that's going to come. Maybe, maybe he was anticipating Burrow being out, so they didn't put in a like you know get the ball out of your hands quick game plan. So I, we'll see. We'll, we will very much see how big of an issue the coaching is. But that O line has not done Burrow any favors either. Um, I, there's a lot going wrong in Cincinnati right now. On the other side of this game is Derrick Henry back after a 120 22 and one touchdown performance. Yeah, and he, and he threw a touchdown. He, he is uh, the, the crazy statistic. He's seven for eight in his career. Um, or now, he, now he's eight for nine with four passing touchdowns in, in, uh, in, his, in, uh, in his career. So, uh, yeah, he's a good quarterback, too. But, yeah, uh, Derrick Henry looked like he, he could perform. However, the Bengals defense is one of the, the bottom five or bottom six rush defenses in the NFL this year. So uh, take that yeah, for what it's worth. Uh, but it was nice to see Derrick Henry do his thing, right? Like he got 20 carries. Like this is what you wanted from Derrick Henry. This is what he can do. He can wear a team down. Um, and again, game script is going to mean a lot for these Titans. But hey, if they're still winning and they can stay around 500 and stay competitive for the playoffs, all you want is Derrick Henry healthy. For I believe I believe, and I need to need to check the schedule, but I'm pretty sure he plays the Titans or he, he plays the the Texans twice in the fantasy playoffs. So if that is the case, we all know how Derrick Henry loves to just eat up the Houston Texans. Sorry, man. Uh, he does. But, but, <laughs> yes, he does. He he will rush for at least 200 yards every time he plays them. Maybe maybe under a new system, maybe under a new head coach, it'll finally stop but ty hilton destroyed us for years and now it's derrick henry's time to destroy us for years as well so it is it is unfortunate but uh it's also unfortunate that i called him as my sit of the week and he finally popped off but let's go from one of my biggest misses of this year to one of my biggest hits of this year and that is (laughs) justin fields and his lackluster performance over the first four weeks of this season. I know he looked good and he looked all right, but I have some stats and I have some math to give to you, Chase. So over his first 31 games in the NFL, Justin Fields is thrown for 26 interceptions, which is still pretty like that. That number alone is pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, He's also fumbled the ball 32 times in 31 games. However, he's only lost nine of those, okay. which is which is pretty incredible. The NFL average is 53% lost fumbles on every fumble. So if you would actually make Justin Fields' fumble recovery rate to the norm, he would have lost 17 <laughs> fumbles. So if that were the case, he would have turned the ball over 43 times in only 31 NFL games. If that were the case, he would have had the seventh worst turnover rate with 10 plus games started in the NFL. I wake up every day and I know this one was a stretch. I wake up every day. 
I wake up every day and I try to find a Justin Fields stats that just disproves him wrong because like that's kind of just who I am and that's my brand now at this point. But good God, like that is so bad. He has turned the ball over a potential amount of 58 times in 31 games in the NFL. How how do you do this and try to perform as a legitimate NFL quarterback? It just doesn't exist. I know he's dealing with so many extra circumstances outside. I really do. Every time I want every every time I do this, obviously I wake up and I hunt for Justin Fields' stats to disprove him. But I really hope for the kid that he can get outside of the situation because I don't think that it is just I mean, him. It is it is more of the situation than it is the player. And everyone's he's so be, bad. Every- Everyone's gonna be like thinking you're crazy. I mean, he just went, you know, 28 for 35. You know, he had his first ever 300 yard passing performance and sell passing touchdowns. Like, come on, man. Like, why are you still hating on Justin Fields at this point? Like, because why? he's not a good NFL quarterback. They're going to have the top two picks in the NFL draft because the Carolina Panthers are also one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're going to have two top five NFL picks guaranteed, and they're going to draft somebody over him. And he's not going to be traded because they have no incentive to trade him. Like, I, I don't know what more you want to put in front of your eyes. Like, unless you think that he can actually contribute points to your lineup this year, there's no reason to trade for him because he's not going to contribute points for the next two years on your fantasy team. I mean, so, so he obviously, he played better this, this week and, and the Denver played one of his best games, played one of his best games against the team who just gave up 70 points to a team last week. Yeah. The the Denver defense is atrocious. Um, You know, they, they were missing Justin Simmons, Josie Jewell. They're missing a lot of pieces on that defense, not to mention it already being bad. Let's just make it worse. So like that, that does help out. Like let's, let's not forget. And again, this is this is what we talked about prior to this game happening. We talked like not not us, just we, the fantasy community talked about this game happening. We talked about Justin Fields playing well and having the dynasty discipline to sell him. Like this is this is your moment. Don't sit here and think that this is the new norm. Like Justin Fields is back, baby. Like he did fumble that game away where they returned the ball for you know returned it for a touchdown, let them back in it, throws an interception at the end of the game, like. Like, let's not forget the fact that, like, they still lost this game despite Justin Fields playing the best game of his career. And I know, oh, well, that's not Justin Fields' fault. Like, that, you know, the, the team lost. The, the bottom line is they are in line for the number one and the number two picks in this upcoming draft. If they have the chance, I, I and I know Caleb came out and say, he said he's not going to go to anywhere, but like what I think it was like the Vikings, the Niners. Like, yeah, it was like, like three five. teams that are going to be in like the top five of the NFL. Like there's like, yeah, there's, there's five teams he listed out. And so otherwise, you know, he's, he's just also promoted by, I think it was like reported by Dove Kleiman, which he will put out anything. Good old Dove. So that's a, that's a completely different story. However, just to get off the Justin Fields topic, can we talk about Chase Claypool? Like I heard the report, I heard a rumor that he showed up to the game in the third quarter. And that's why he got benched this week. I mean, and it's just one of those things like, who wants, who wants that on your team? Well, they traded the thirty-second overall pick for that. No, man. I mean, that's that's a Bears move right there. That's a Bears move. Uh, uh, but let's. I, I do want to touch on one good thing though about this game. Again, you know, Fields played well. DJ Moore DJ played Moore well. Yeah, like he he did. Like this was this is your chance though. I really I really believe like Justin Fields. Like if you have any light at the end of the tunnel for him, like trade him. Trade don't, him. Don't don't hate. Don't hesitate here. Find find your pivot move. Yeah, 
every, every Bears piece that performed well this week, trade them all. I will say that, you know, on the other side of the ball, as a, as a Broncos fan, you know, I've been pining and, and kind of, you know, stomping the plant my flag on Russ. And, and I felt like, you know, investing in him last year was going to pay, pay dividends this year. And it has, he's QB nine on the year in points per game. Uh, it, it hasn't been the best for the Broncos as a team. Um, and if you're looking for fantasy production and things like that, like the wide receiver, or the passing distribution has been very Sean Payton. It's just, you know, it, he finds who's open like and, and that's kind of how it works like when you really look at the spray chart of, of of those targets like there is i think 12 or 14 guys that got targets this past week and it's like well that's how it is but he's been he's been good um you know he's again a top 10 quarterback and for fantasy this year uh, eat that up for what it is but uh that's really all i want to talk about on, the, on this battle of zero and three teams that like literally legitimately look like two of the worst teams in football so yeah, yes. two two of my uh, waiver wire guys, Jaleel McLaughlin and Brandon Johnson, look like Spoilers. to be. Uh, they, they, no, they, they, those were past ones. I've already been highlighting those guys for two weeks, but they're still waiver wire guys. So um, they might they might not have made the list this week, but it's only because they've been highlighted in previous weeks. But they're already balling out. They're, they're legitimate pieces of an NFL offense right now. So uh, with a Javante injury as well, they could even see more work. Yep. I'm going to burn through a couple of these things real quick here um, just to kind of touch on some games. Like some of them just didn't really matter uh, really from the Cleveland and the, and the um, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens game. game. Yeah. Like Lamar looked, looked good again. You know, it, he looked like he was back. You know, I, he was one, a guy that I was kind of saying that I was a little, little concerned of how he's going to perform against this Browns defense uh, that Browns team in general, just, just chalk it up. Let's just, you know, wipe our hands clean of that game. The, the DTR experiment came and went. Let's hope that that Deshaun Watson is back because that was ugly for them. So, yeah, Lamar looked uh, like MVP Lamar. And so that was obviously great to see. Makes you feel good, especially, um, you know, for the, the, the high hopes we had for this, this Todd Munkin offense coming into the year. So uh, that was one thing. And then just to kind of dive into really, I guess, the next big thing here is is. This uh, Colts-Rams game, you know, A-Rich looks legit. We got JT practicing again this week. But I think all eyes are on this Rams team. And Puka Nakua went off for 163 yards again. We have Cooper Cup coming back on the horizon. And I, I, I am a little biased in a way, I guess. Or I have my kind of heels dug in on this. Where are you at with this Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup situation. I am under the thought that these two could literally combine for probably a 35 percentage target share each. Like I, I legitimately think that they could take 70% of target share, which is just stupid to think about. Nobody does this in NFL. <laughs> nobody, nobody does this, but he is so hyper-targeted. And while he's, ser- he's currently serving in the Cooper Cup role, Sean McVay is good enough to just scheme these two to where one of them will be open to every play. And Matthew Stafford will just hone in on them every single play. I think it will be these two and Tyler Higby. I think Tutu Atwell is the one who kind of gets annexed out of this offense. And it's just a three siloed offense between Puk Nakua, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Higby. I think I think this is what we're seeing coming forward. Um, I I would be if if anybody's selling off of the Cooper Cup is practicing and going to come back this week, I'd be buying Puka, I'd be buying Puka and Kuba this week. 
Yeah, some of the conversation that I've heard is, you know, oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy him for a second when uh, when Cooper Cup comes back and Puka has a quiet game. And I'm just going to be dead honest with you. There is a 0% chance that you're getting Puka Nakua for less than a first, unless he has like several games where he just gets. It's got to be three or four games in a row of four targets only. He has done far too much. He has shown way too much on the field for, for him to just disappear, not only in the stat sheet, but just for dynasty managers to forget what he's done. Like it is going to be impossible because we know we, we've seen the production, right? Like we've seen it. We we've seen it can you know through through four weeks, and we can't forget that those games are there. If 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 something does happen for the next two weeks and he's you know suddenly goes back to you know three catches, forty yards, five catches, fifty-seven yards, dynasty managers won't sell because they're gonna be selling short and like, oh Puka will he'll have those games again. He'll have 160 yards again. And when he does, that's when I'll sell. It's just such a conundrum to be in. And like I was dug in, like I wouldn't say I was dug in. I, I had uh mentally debated whether or not this was something that that could happen. And like when you really look at like the snap shares, where Puka's lining up, what Cooper Cup does well, the fact that both of these guys can line up anywhere in the formation, move around a lot. I'm I'm coming to Coming to the the idea, we talk about the Robert Woods experiment of you know several I'll say experiment two years you know four years ago I believe it was three or four years ago where three. both of them were top twelve uh, wide receivers. I I can kind of see it now. I can kind of see it, and and I'm I'm on board. Um, it's just a it's 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 a tough one for me. And, and you know when you when you see what is it? I think he has like what five hundred yards in his first four games, like unreal unreal production and so it's like it makes me wonder how like what his actual target shares i don't think they're going to take 70 percent, but i could see both of them being 25 plus i could see both of them being like the high 28s like close to 30 crazy 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 what these two are going to do because like you said they can line up anywhere in the formation sean mcveigh will line sean mcveigh will scheme them up to where they can line up anywhere and they will be the two main targets regardless of what combination that you of route combination that he runs out there. Where do you think Pukaniku is in uh dynasty KTC value? Because I just pulled it up and I know you don't have it up in front of you. Where do you think he is? <laughs> oh man. So uh, I believe he was like at 20 last week. So like, I'm going to go with him moving up a little bit further. He's got to be like, he, is he top 12 right now? Is he like, he's number 12 ahead of Stefan Diggs. No, no, sorry. One behind Stefan Diggs, one oh. ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk's moved up. That's good to see. He is the he is the top rookie wide receiver in KTC yeah. value. I mean, when when you produce the way that that he has, like you can't you can't disregard that. And that's pretty good that's, for a fourth round pick in rookie drafts. Man, it's one of those guys I wish I had a lot more of. Like, let me let me just put that out there right now. Like, I wish I had more Puka, uh, just because of what he's done. But yeah, man, uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch and monitor what that Rams offense does look like. I'm sure they'll find ways to get both of you know Cup and him involved. Uh, it, it'll just be it'll be something to monitor. It'll be something to monitor. I don't know if there's actually going to be a buy window for for buying low, but um, yeah, I do want to try and get some Puka here before the end of the year. So. Yeah, that's anything else you want to touch on with the Rams and, and Colts here? 
Other side of the ball, Jonathan Taylor looks like he's going to practice on Wednesday. Yep. Good to see. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's back. Doesn't No statements from either side. Looks like it is literally just like a quiet, amicable comeback of, hey, uh, I messed up. So can you all let me come back and practice and play for you all now? Thanks, bud. It feel, I mean, the whole thing, it, it's awful. It's just, it, one, of the, one of the worst trade negotiate like just one of the worst negotiations if he doesn't fire his agent at some time throughout the rest of this year one of the worst handled situations i've ever seen in nfl or just sports in general one of the worst situations i've ever seen handled i get it i do like they wanted to try and get ahead of it i'm totally here for it i'm all for it yeah the injury like the the people that were debating on uh, like is is he going to play this year is he you know is he actually going to hold out like i'm sorry like if you if you were able to buy JT on the low, or if you were able to to acquire him, or if you sold him cheap just because you were worried about that, like, I mean, those those are the those are the reactionary moves that we we warn people about. And if he's healthy, he's going to play. Zero if ands or buts about it. And NFL look what players happens. play football games. Yeah, he has to get his games. He has to play. He has to absolutely play this contract out, and then he can negotiate in the offseason. He has nothing. He has no ground to stand on right now. So he's going to go out there. He's going to do his thing. I'm really excited to see a rich and, and JT side by side out there. I, I like that is going to be fun. I know, you know, there is one Zach Moss that this kind of, you know, potentially can damage his, his fantasy value for the rest of the year. What are your thoughts on Zach Moss? Are you trying to, you know, do you just want to get rid of him? Can you try and recoup that third that you probably bought him for? Um, what are your thoughts right now on, on that whole Colts backfield? No, I don't think I need to recoup it. I, would, I I don't think JT is going to be given the 95% workload that he was originally given. I mean, Zach Moss has shown that he's a serviceable NFL back. They'll split the work between him and Jonathan Taylor, especially in the first couple of weeks. It's not going to look pretty. It's not going to look like Jonathan Taylor was being a RB1 probably for the first couple of weeks. He's going to have to be worked back into this thing. He's going to have to be worked back in and trusted again from everybody on this team like if it does just just from a pure like team aspect imagine going back to your locker room after what you just did where you basically said i don't want to be with you all anymore like he has to regain trust in this <laughs> locker room just to get back on the field with these guys like I, I understand like everybody's like hey man get your money do what you have to do like that is normally the concept around the nfl but this was a this was a cluster from the get-go and he probably has to work his way back with a lot of guys in this room especially after zach moss has done what he's done behind the guys that he said he didn't want to play behind anymore yeah i mean i kind of i will see I, I feel like there's there's more behind the scenes i feel like we don't know what's actually going on and so like what jt is a is a damn good player um, I'm Very not, good. I'm not overly worried about any of that stuff. I do think that, you know, Zach Moss will still have some sort of a role, but, um, you best believe that if, if JT's healthy, that that organization wants to get every ounce of, they're going to squeeze the juice out of, out of, uh, JT this year, if, he, if he's physically able. So, um, uh, they're going to squeeze that juice, but, uh, that's, that's kind of wrapping that up here. Let's dive into the saints and the Buccaneers. Uh, I just want to start off with the Saints here. We had obviously the QB conundrum of of uh, Jameis Winston or he Derek does. Carr. Derek Carr ended up starting the game, and holy cow, uh, 
not yeah. what we thought that offense was going to be. Chris Olave had uh, a wonderful one catch for four yards on six targets. That's a woof. Um, my sit of the week. Uh, Alvin Kamara, on the other hand, had 14 targets, 13 catches, and a whopping 33 yards. <laughs> it's amazing that this guy's complaining about usage whenever he had 14 targets in his first game back. Um, oh. Obviously, his efficiency was nothing and they were throwing everything behind the line of scrimmage. So like that obviously does need to be addressed, but just interesting that he's like, yeah, something needs to change. It's like, dude, this is your first week back after you just got suspended for things. You probably should have been suspended for, for more than three games. Maybe this isn't the time to do that, but, um, come here. Like he, he's going to be, he, he's the workhorse of this. He's the workhorse of this running back room. Um, it's Alvin Kamara. That's it. Bottom line, this is what we wanted to see. Like we we thought Alvin Kamara could go back to the pass catching role, which is what we wanted to see. We want to see double digit targets. We got to see that. This wasn't exactly the result that we wanted, but uh, he's definitely going to be on pace for a hundred targets if Derek Carr is going to keep checking down like that. And if you're in PPR, you're very happy today, regardless of what that actual stat line was. Um, hopefully, again, efficiency gets figured out, um, and that offense kind of again looks better once Derek Carr's a little healthier. But hey, you know what? I'll take 14 targets for Alvin Kamara any week. I don't care who's throwing him the ball. <laughs> yeah, you do that every single week. Uh, you want to go a little bit rapid fire here to wrap us out of this one? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so Baker Mayfield, you want to talk about him real quick? Baker, he's very good. Um, looks like a comeback player of the year. Basically, Geno of last year. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel. Um, that kind of wraps up that game. You know, Evans got hurt. Godwin had eight catches, 114 yards. He looked good. Again, one of those two usually performs or both of them do. So uh, this offense looks looks capable with Baker behind there. Uh, Kenny Pickett was a, another quarterback that we had hoped for coming into the year, and that did not happen. He got hurt. He did, you know, not return to the game, I believe. Um, the, the knee injury ended up being from what my understanding was, is a, a deep bone bruise. And it sounds like he may not miss any time at all. If he does miss any time, it's going to be very limited. Um, they got a bye week week six. So he'll, uh, I would venture on the side of caution that they just bench him in week five and then they give him two weeks off. And that's very possible. I mean, honestly, you know, who needs some time off and that's, uh, one Mr. That's Canada. Canada. Yeah. That dude needs some time away from football. <laughs> I, 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 I know we said we were going to go rapid fire here, but I yeah, have to this stat out here. He is he has coached the Pittsburgh Steelers in 38 games from the time that he has been hired on as OC. He has never produced one 400 yard total game in his entire time as a Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator. That's wild, man. That is almost every wild. other team in the NFL has produced just a 400 yard passing game during that time. Oh, uh, this offense. So bad. So bad. And you got to watch that horrible offense go up against your Houston Texans this week. Oh, it was and, beautiful and, to watch from the other side. Yeah. You got to see, you know, CJ Stroud, Nico Collins connection. Like th- these two have been playing very well this year. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud is is a is, you know, a top twelve quarterback in terms of fantasy purposes. Um he's yeah, been he's been very good, man. Like, I mean, he when when you say that he someone completes sixteen passes, he only completed sixteen of thirty passes, you know, just over fifty percent. Not wonderful, but he had 306 yards passing on those 16 you know, completions for two touchdowns. 
CJ Stroud has been very good this year. Zero interceptions. And, you know, I don't want to put the jinx on it, but it's like that's for a rookie quarterback to not turn the ball over is is incredible, uh, especially for what we thought these weapons were going to be. Nico Collins has really stepped up this year. Um, and, and I guess, you know, he actually has someone competent throwing him the football, which is also helpful for his development. You know, he's been a top 10 wide receiver this year. He obviously had a monster 168 yards this week with two touchdowns. So that'll help his stat line out. Uh, what do you think about your Houston Texans, you know, top combination here? Yeah, I owe CJ Stroud a public apology. As I said that <laughs> I thought that the trade to get him was a mistake because they didn't make the trade for Will Anderson. They did make the trade for CJ Stroud. I said it was a mistake. I said they should have played Case Keenum the entire year, tank again, and then go for Caleb Williams. Well, we're seeing that uh, CJ Stroud looks like potentially the best quarterback out of all of this rookie class over the first four weeks. So Put I'm you. very happy for it. And um, Tank Dell. He's been a beneficiary of it. This offense has been very, very good under Bobby Slowick. The offensive run scheme looks very good. The pass protection, while they have four offensive linemen out, I think we're on our third center and our third left guard as well. I mean, it's just incredible what they've been able to put out on the field with what they've been given. Um, I don't think Tank or I don't think Nico Collins is ever a one. I think that this would be a perfect offense to get a guy like T Higgins to be your one next year after he's let go from the Cincinnati Bengals. But I do think that Nico Collins and Tank Taylor are very good NFL wide receivers. I don't think anybody else in this offense has long-term viability, but this offense is going to be very, very good. Um, CJ Stroud, he probably throws one of the top five best uh, 10 yard out and 15 yard, (laughs) 15 yard corner routes in the NFL. I mean, he is so he, I don't think, I still don't think that he fully reads through progressions all that well, but his, his 10 yard to five yard out is one of the best in the league in his corner ball. It's just perfect placement every single time. Like if you just throw out routes for CJ Stroud, every single time you're going to win most NFL football games. I'm really interested to see what that offense looks like when they do have a healthy offensive line. Um, cause CJ Stroud looks extremely confident back there for, for playing behind what is a very decimated, you know, O-line. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very interested in this, this, uh, this Texans team. Again, I think two of the, the teams that we anticipated being some of the worst teams in the NFL, the Cardinals and the, the Texans, um, have, have kind of surprised and, and really over, what do you want to say? They exceeded expectations, but they're, they're outperforming what we anticipated. So, uh, again, good game to go to. Glad you got to see that uh, combination and very excited for for this Houston Texans offense. CJ Stroud's on pace to hit 5,000 passing yards. We'll see if that pace can keep up. Um, if he does, he's definitely going to be rookie of the year. All right. Cardinals won't have a top three pick. Y'all called me crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I was with you. I was with you on that one. I mean, even yeah, I'm with you. I, I we'll see though. They still got a long ways to go, but they're competitive. They are competitive. Um, speaking of quarterbacks here, Justin Herbert is actually the quarterback one on the year for fantasy purposes. You know, he's been he, he's been playing very well with this Kellen Moore offense. Um, no Austin Eckler, which is again makes this even more intriguing. No Mike Williams, which I. It is what it is. It's like they just next man up it. He keeps playing well. He keeps doing his thing. Justin Herbert is a damn good quarterback. Um, he was one that I wanted to acquire all off season. Someone I, I tried to invest in if I could. Um, but yeah, he's QB one. That same game, I just wanted to touch on the other side of the ball is Josh Jacobs finally showed up. 
Uh, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if it was anything like that was necessarily groundbreaking from him, but he did have, you know, 17 carries. So he did get the workload, but he only had 56 yards, one touchdown against what is one of the bottom defenses in the league from the, for the LA chargers. And he did have eight Joey catches Bosa. and 81 yards. What was that? And missing Joey Bosa and missing Joey Bosa. Uh, Khalil Mack had six sacks in this game has nothing to do for for unless you're an IDP player, uh, which he did drop 100 points in our multiverse, which is freaking wild. So, uh, yeah, big, uh, big L for whoever faced that. But yeah, I mean, I, I did expect more on the ground, but hey, if you're going to get eight catches for 81 yards like this is this is what you kind of want from Josh Jacobs. He, he had a good performance, uh, finally showed up in a way. Uh, what was, I found was an interesting stat was last year through four games he only had 192 yards through his first four games and so he started off slow last year still ended up with you know a a monster fantasy season genuinely curious to see if he breaks out of this um or if he's going to continue to average like what three yards a carry because if that's the case uh josh jacobs is going to have a very rough season ahead but yeah, yes. cool. He's a running back, and he's only worth his production. <laughs> exactly. That's that's kind of what it comes down. I sold him for a first and a second. Like I was like, I'm taking this, and I'm out. Um, yep. I, I sold him for a first and second, and then about J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, with it. Ooh. I, I try. I'm, I'm trying to. I was trying to buy Tony Pollard, and we'll see. Uh, gonna get to use that capital. Though. It truly is like I'm just reinvesting in running back at this point. But um, yeah, trying to find some different pivots for for my squad. Uh, but yeah, again, Jacobs capitalize on that. See what, if you, if you need his points in his production, um, you're going to continue to plug him in your lineup, but the new England Patriots, they played the Dallas Cowboys. And I think it was the expectation we all had. The Dallas defense is still very, very good without Trayvon Diggs. Uh, they, they still did their thing, you know, still have Micah Parsons, still have tons of pieces in place. there. absolutely demolished this Patriots offense. And it was probably one of the worst offensive performances I've seen. Uh, it was just gross, man. Like Mac got benched. Like, is it Bailey Zappy time? Is it is it his time again? Does it matter? Like, I I couldn't give a le- I, I couldn't give less of a care between who's starting here. If if anybody wants to bail me out of my Mac shares, I'm done. It's not going to happen in this. It's not going to happen here. I I still believe in Mac, the quarterback. Um, I, I think he's just disgusted with where he landed and i i don't know man it, it this new england patriots team just feels like it, it has lost its luster without tom brady there to uh, be be the head of the ship because nobody is nobody feels like they are fully on board with the way bill belichick wants to run things now that there's not a championship winning culture around them yep that's uh well said like, I mean, Juju signed there this offseason. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. Um, Ramondre and, and this run game, like there's there's flashes out of the backfield. But there's reports that they're going to start Zeke over over Ramondre and they're going to give him like 80 percent of the work. They said that going into this week, too, against Dallas. So, like, for, take that for what it's worth, like I. <laughs> this team's just dumb. Like I, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. Like, oh, I'm over it. I'm, I'm completely <laughs> over this team. Bill Belichick, like you're, yeah. you're a good NFL head coach. You're, you're one of the best NFL head coaches we've seen. Don't be a GM. Don't be a GM anymore. 
let's uh, let's hang that up. Um, yeah, the Patriots again. Uh, that's a cluster, but hey, you know Dallas still looked good. The offense was a little questionable, but hey, when your defense scores touchdowns, who really cares? Moving on here, uh, you know Dobbs again played another heck of a game for for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he's fantasy viable. It seems like you know. Kyler, the reports are that he's not going to come back immediately when he is eligible to come off of the the pup, um, which again means Dobbs is going to have more viability this year. Like if you're looking to get some spot starts, he's still going to be an option. I don't know what you're going to have to pay to get him. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to have to pay a second, but maybe you do. Maybe you do. Um, if I'm able to pay like two thirds in value, I mean, just feels weird giving up a second for 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 Dobbs but hey if you if you absolutely need quarterback production I, why not I think what you the the return that you're going to get on that you know uh, again Scott did a great episode on Monday talking about the the value of picks and like really what you're expecting out of these second round picks hey if you're going to be able to get you know five more starts out of out of Dobbs and you're going to be able to get you know QB 15 production from him or higher yeah, man. Like I, I'm, I'm down. Like, give me those spots. I'll, I'll take those spot starts from from my quarterback position. Uh, but he's, you know, Hollywood's looked looked good in this offense, despite what we, you know, see out of Dobbs. And then same thing, James Conner, uh, still just trucking along. They're just doing their thing. What are your thoughts on this uh, Arizona Cardinals offense? Yeah, man. As long as Dobbs keeps performing at like a top fifteen quarterback of the league that I'm currently looking at, he's quarterback fourteen on the year uh, yep. in terms of average points per game, and that's with a one point seven three performance in his week one. Um, so basically, he's missing a game, and he's still quarterback fourteen on the year. So I mean, over the last three games, he's probably been performing at like a top eight quarterback level. So. He he's been he's been balling out, man. Like he is the third high. I think it's the third highest completion percentage in the NFL this year. Joshua Dobbs has he has one of the best third down completion percentages also in the also in the NFL. He is legitimately balling out right now for this Arizona Cardinals team. Nobody expected it. Nobody thought this was going to be the case. Um, I'd easily pay thirds for him right now if I needed the quarterback. Um, but am I actually paying a second? Probably not. It does feel a little bit like a Geno Smith. The only issue is Geno Smith didn't have anybody else blocking him from becoming the starter next year. <laughs> yeah. Joshua Dobbs does because Kyler Murray is still probably going to be the NFL quarterback for this team because, again, this team is not going to have a top five NFL pick because the Chicago Bears are going to own two of them next year, and they're going to have to rebuild through that. So... Like, what, what is the actual rebuild process if they wanted to pivot off of Kyler Murray for this NFL team? I just don't know if that actually exists. By all reports, he's actually been a lot more bought in since his injury. He's been a lot more into the game of football. I think if he can actually show this team that he does like that, he wants to be a true NFL quarterback and he wants to be the NFL leader for this team. I think they're rolling back out there next year. So the the long term upside still is just isn't there with Josh Dobbs for me. And uh, speaking of guys balling out, uh, the other side of the ball or the other side of the this ball game was the uh, San Francisco 49ers and CMC absolutely tore it up. Uh, he had a a four touchdown performance, 170 yards combined from the air and the ground. Uh, just incredible. Uh, CMC doing CMC things. I mean, he's had a touchdown. I believe he's had a touchdown. Was it in 14 straight games now? Like it's it's unreal. Uh, 
I know it was, I forget if it was last year at the, at the very end of last year, or maybe like during the off season this year, but Jay Rich on one of the wake up shows said CMC is the best running back in NFL history. And it was just laughed off as like a, as like a, almost like a throwaway. There's legitimate stake to this man. Like he, he is, especially in like, in terms of just like modern day, how we play the NFL position. Cause he's a weapon. He, he is used as a wide receiver. He is used as a running back. He is used as an all, he, he's freaking throwing NFL touchdown passes as well at an extremely <laughs> high NFL rate. He is the best player in the NFL right now. Like there's no way to stop him. All that NFL teams try to do is hone in and stop Christian McCaffrey. And there's no way they can do it with this college Shanahan offense right now. He, he's the best player in the NFL right now. I don't. I don't care. Uh, regardless of position, he he should honestly be up there for MVP right now. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't a quarterback award, I'm absolutely with you. But hey, you know the way the quarterbacks are playing this year, maybe maybe we'll see a running back actually win it uh, if he continues to to track at this pace. Uh, another another guy on the same team that's actually been playing extremely well um, is is one Brandon Ayuk. And this is a guy that, that you touted coming into this season, you know, talking about him taking over as the number one on this team when you're doing your projections. Uh, he's currently, you know, he's a top 12 wide receiver. I believe he's top 15 in PPR. But, uh, you know, he had a, a wonderful game this week. You know, eight or six catches, 148 yards after missing last week. He's had 200-yard performances. I, I know it's going to be kind of inconsistent with the way this offense works. But when he has a game, he's going to have a big game. And I love Brandon Ayuk, man. I, I, I had a lot of him, got a lot of him this offseason. Uh, you know, wanted to make sure I added him to my rosters here. Is there, is there a sell window for him? Are you buying him? Like, how are you treating Brandon Ayuk right now in Dynasty? I wish I had acquired more Brandon Ayuk during the offseason. As I told you all, he was going to be the wide receiver one for this team. He is the wide receiver one for this team. Uh, sell window is probably gone. I don't think anybody's really selling him on this right now, unless you have some like weird Debo Samuel believer on his 28-year season. Like It's just probably not going to happen. So he's the wide receiver one moving forward. He's very good. I don't think all these trade rumors that he's going to be traded off this team, no. I, I think they'd rather cut bait with Debo before they cut with uh, Brandon Ayuk so he's the wide receiver one for Brock Purdy in my mind going forward for the next um, maybe six years Ooh, yeah we'll see what you know they he's got to get that contract extension in so uh, if that does happen yeah this offense is locked and loaded uh, again a healthy CMC Brandon Ayuk whatever you can get out of Debo Samuel and George Kittle uh, this will be a fun offense with the way Brock Purdy runs it so um, again Long episode here, late night. Let's wrap things up with Sunday night football and Monday night football. So Sunday night, we got to see three very good drives out of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, get up 17-0, and then we saw the Jets defense kind of just take over for the rest. Uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of struggling. This this Chiefs offense struggling a bit. I'm kind of thinking it's a little bit to to do with Eric Bieniemy not being there. Um, I, I think it's kind of going underrated. I know Kelsey was banged up early this year, but uh, the, you're missing Juju. Kelsey banged up, lost Bieniemy. Like this Chiefs offense hasn't really looked the same, in my opinion. I put in here that Patrick Mahomes seems to be struggling a little bit, and then I look at the league that I actually brought him up in, and, and he's QB four. 
I mean, I like, it, it just doesn't feel like Patrick Mahomes, though, still. Like, right? Like, it doesn't feel like he's balling out the same way that we normally see Patrick Mahomes ball out. But he's still QB4. Uh, I mean, he's only QB4 behind Justin Herbert, who's thrown like 60 attempts a game. Josh Allen, who just had four touchdowns in one game. And two who put up 70 points on one team in a week. So, like, is it really fair that he's not, you know, like, being QB1 that we all touted him to be. He was never going to be QB1. He's never actually repeated as QB1, I don't think, year over year. Josh Allen has been more of a QB1 overall year over year than Patrick Mahomes, but we just buy into the overall dominance of the Kansas City Chiefs and and uh, Patrick Mahomes instead. So, you know, like he he's a very good NFL quarterback. He had a little bit of a down game. Nothing to see here, though. I mean, this, this team is yeah. still very good. Um, Th- they'll figure it out. Jets are a good defense. They're not great, but they di- they didn't play well tonight. Patrick Mahomes didn't play well. They'll figure it out. Yeah. No, I mean, in the end, that's kind of how it is. The Jets defense kept him in it. On the other side of the ball, we got to see a little bit of Zach Wilson playing good football, I guess. Like, I, Baller I guess. of the week. Baller of the week, maybe, for the no. Jets. I mean, I, mean I, I feel... I feel bad for the kid because, like, at the end of the game, like he, you literally see him saying, "Like, I lost this game for us, bro." Like, like you literally see him saying that. Just- hey, good, good for him though. Actually taking ownership of the, like that. That yeah. is the maturity that we wanted to see from this kid, right? Because it came from all, all of this. None, none of this horrible, like horrible pushdown on him would have happened if he had just said that he lost that game whenever he only threw for like, what was it, like 70 yards in a game and said that it this wasn't his fault that he lost. <laughs> like none of this would, none of it would be this bad if that wasn't the case. And now he finally owned up to like actually just taking the loss and putting it on his shoulders. At least it shows a little bit of maturity. And he actually did play very well in this game. And he probably played better than Patrick Mahomes, which is a wild thing to say in 2023. Yeah, I mean, and I'm with you. I do think that there's so there's the accountability aspect. Uh, Again, I'm not going out and buying Zach Wilson on this performance. So do do not get it twisted. I've never been a Zach Wilson believer. I'll buy Uh, from the fourth. I just think... You know, he was what, 28 for 39, two touchdowns, 245 yards. This is a QB 14 performance on the week, um, just in kind of your standard leagues. He, I just hope his confidence isn't like that gone. Like, I'm hoping that like he wasn't like genuinely deflated, like, I lost this game for us. And if he did, if he, if that's how he genuinely feels, we'll see it next week. Is is he, you know, has to kind of do this again? He did pepper Zach or not Zach Wilson, but Garrett Wilson. He at least got Garrett Wilson involved in this game, uh, which was nice to see. Getting fourteen targets, didn't do a whole lot with it. Only sixty yards on nine catches, but in the end, like for our Garrett Wilson shares, for those of you out there that are still, uh, you know, had had to hold on, couldn't sell off Garrett Wilson. Maybe you can have yourself a, a nice, you know, wide receiver two season with with a hundred catches because he just gets absolutely peppered with targets. But um, yeah, I don't have a lot of hope for for that that Jets offense in general for the foreseeable future. Nope, not at all. Um, I'll buy Zach Wilson for a fourth, or I'll buy him for Fab, and I'll try to flip him through a third. That's what I've been doing for the last two weeks as well. So nothing changes there off of this game. Well, uh, Zach Wilson or Danny Dimes right now. Uh, that's a little bit of a struggling <laughs> concept, but it is still Daniel Jones because he actually has a contract guaranteed for next year. So he has looked horrible. This offensive line has not done him any 
help. And uh, his oh. wide receivers are also awful. They have eight slot wide receivers. We said it was a problem coming in. It's still a problem today. And now Darren Waller actually looks like he's just Darren Waller of old. And he's washed and hurt and everything else as well. This team's awful. I mean, it's in Mike Dable we trust. I still trust right. in Mike Dable, yeah. but I don't trust in any of the pieces that are built around Daniel Jones right now. This is awful. This team is just disgustingly bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the offensive line, awful. Wide receivers, awful. Running backs without Saquon, awful. Like, Daniel Jones got sacked 11 times in this game. And I know there were a couple of those on him. Like, for sure, a couple of those were on him. But... In the end, like you're getting pressure like that, you have no one to throw to, you, no one's getting open. I mean, it, I, I just feel bad for him. Like it's not like he had a, a terrible like performance in terms of like completion. Like I mean, he's 27 for 34. Like he was, and he's know, getting killed. He will get killed. killed over the next week after literally only throwing seven incompletions because he took 11 sacks because the right side two, of his two offensive line. Let's, let's not get a twist. The, he had that, that sure, seven yard. But whenever pace. you have a guy in your face before you're getting the snap from the center in a yeah. shotgun formation, like what is, what the hell are you supposed to do, man? The, the right you. side of his offensive line is basically playing air. Like they're not, they're not touching anybody. We saw multiple times that they did not touch. No hand was laid on a defensive lineman rushing him. Yeah, there's a. a I don't nice, know what the, I don't know what he's supposed to do. There's a nice play that was highlighted of uh, the right tackle. Like he he dropped back in his stance. He like put his arm out. He like touched the de- the de- defensive end's shoulder as the defensive end just kind of ran right around him. And <laughs> like. What just happened here? Like, what are you was that a real to? play? Like, who, yeah, exactly. Like, are you, did you, did you put some money on the game here, buddy? Cause like, are you, try, are you trying holy, to block safety yeah. if he rushes who's 20 yards away? I don't know what you're doing here, bud. Like, I don't know. It is, it is a mess there and they need to figure it out quick and they don't have anything better coming down the pipeline. This team has, it, this team has a brutal schedule. It's defense is stacked in the top 10 all the way across the board. I don't know how this gets better. I, I really don't. You just, you just, uh, you know, you wait a year and you draft Marvin Harrison, and you hope that the, and you hope your team's healthy enough next year. You just kind of roll it, roll it back out there. Got to draw uh, five more offensive linemen, apparently, though, too. Yeah, I think Andrew Thomas is supposed to come back. Hopefully, hopefully next week for their sake. But, but again, there's there's a lot of holes going on there. That's that's a. That's a problem. But uh, on the other side of the ball, Geno Smith uh, got hurt. Everyone panicked, took some size, some deep breaths. We had the fun panic conversation of what to do with Drew Locke. And then Geno Smith comes back in the game and, and finishes that thing out. So uh, thankfully for him, he's okay. Uh, wasn't the greatest offensive performance for Seattle either. Uh, at least the Giants defense was able to to hold up to some extent but kenneth walker was kind of the highlight with 79 yards rushing and a touchdown uh receiving wise though it was a distribution across the board jsn did get six targets but he had three catches and five yards you know the other guy that had six targets was tyler lockett four for 54 noah fant had a nice uh, 51 yard bomb from his old teammate drew lock and uh yeah like that was that was pretty much the game that was that was pretty much it um uneventful 
awful Monday night game, in my opinion. <laughs> like, unless you wanted to see some defense and see some sacks, uh, yeah, Danny Dimes was a punching bag. Only thing that I think we can take away from here, um, besides just, yeah, the New York Giants were awful and they're still an awful team and will probably be an awful team for the rest of the year. Jason, where is he in wide receiver ranks if you were to redraft the rookie class? Because um, we're playing it. We're playing in a week to week game now at this point. And JSN probably doesn't figure to be a top 40 or maybe even 50 wide receiver this year. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like that's the, I mean, to me, that's the reactionary part of this. Like, I feel like, the, again, Dynasty is is the way you kind of take things positionally, right? Like, I'm not panicked on Burrow because of his injury. Yeah, it sucks for this year. It really does. I'm not panicked on JSN because this is what we anticipated out of JSN this year. Like, this is legitimately what we all talked about prior to the season starts. But then when you actually see it with your eyes, when it's actually happening, when he's not producing, it's like, oh, man. Like, ah, uh, it's over. The dream's dead. Like, I, I'm just not worried about it. I'm really not. Like, if you have JSN on your team, you drafted JSN. If you thought he was taking over for Tyler Lockett, you are out of your mind. That That is on you. That is on you as a dynasty manager for thinking that was going to happen. But in the end for JSN's value, I mean, it's it's truly going to come down to next year. Um, I, I still think he's in that same cluster. I, that he was in to, to start with maybe he doesn't go as wide receiver one in this class i mean i think everyone now reactionary wise is going to say we're taking puka but there's absolutely no way no how that anyone is taking puka nakua in the first round you're just playing the results that you see so anyways i would say he's still in that same cluster like i, I might take flowers over him just for, because of the potential for this year uh, and and then probably Addison, but I still think that those three are back to back to back. He's still above QJ for me. Um, but in the end, I still think that he's going to be a very good NFL player. Yep. If I had to redraft it right now, wide receiver four, I'll take uh, I'll take Zay Flowers, I'll take Jordan Addison, I'll take Puka, and I'll take JSN fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, 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 I guess the I, dynasty asset. I don't agree with it because I do think he's still the best NFL prospect. Um, right and i think but, that's the problem with the exercises like when you really like when you're, you're just going based on current results right like puka of course 500 yards like he's smashing but there's zero percent chance you are ever taking a fourth or fifth round wide receiver above four top you know four first round wide receivers like the, you're just not going to do it yep. i get the, the the exercise though but yeah that's my struggle with that one <laughs> Hey, we 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 love to look back uh, and miss on what it could have been if we were do, if we were to do it right. What it could have should have. All right. Um, again, this was kind of the more of a recap this week. A- again, we we did tie dive into a few things here. Uh, this was supposed to be an hour. We are rapidly approaching an hour and a half yet again. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to pump, push out? Anything like that? Um, look for the waiver wire article that's going to drop on destinationdevy.com here later today. Should be up there. Literally, I think I had to I had to actually dive so much deeper than I wanted to because literally everybody that I wanted to write about, I've already written about in the past three weeks because they're <laughs> still hitting right now. So uh, if you didn't pick them up beforehand, they should they should already be above my cutoffs of twenty percent on MFL and thirty percent on 
or 30% ownership on Sleeper, and they're still not there. But I can't write about them each and every week again because I have to give you all new stuff. And maybe these next guys will hit. Probably not. But uh, whenever I have to write about old meat is Zacchaeus because I have written about oh, the 50 man. other guys that you should still already own above them. It's kind of hard. But yeah, go check out that article. Go check out everything else. I have a shout out uh, Jeff Mueller for the injury an- analysis um, as well in that. So make sure you check out his pod on Sundays. All the other pods on Destination Debbie Radio. We are absolutely killing it over here. Destination Debbie is going to be the legitimate number one place one-stop shop for all of your dynasty and fantasy football content over the next couple of years and actually just this year alone. So incredibly excited to be here and a part of it. Make sure you check out the discord. If you want to reach out to us, patreon.com forward slash all gas. You can also sign up through the website because I do think the Patreon might be dissolving in a week or two. Not exactly sure about how all that happens, but sign up through the website so you can be sure to stay with us and rocking through with us through the website. Reach out to us, ask any questions you want. Otherwise, if you can't reach out on there, you can also reach out to us on the X app at Cody Smith TFDR at Trophy Chase TFDR and at underscore TFDR. Yep, absolutely. Again, DestinationDebbie.com. And then you got to tap into that Heisman tier. Uh, this is where you're going to find all the Destination Debbie content creators, uh, unlimited access. and You really want to improve your fantasy gaming experience. Uh, that is the place to be. You, you you can you can do it in a matter of months. Your your game, your theory, your process will change, unlike anything else. So you got to be in. You got to tap in. Uh, great place to be. And again, unlimited access to all the content creators. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash all gas or destination And thank you so much for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast. <laughs>